bottles and bottles my pop pop bottles and bottles my pop pop bottles and bottles and bottles and bottles and bottles my pop bottles and bottles my pop pop bottles and bottles my pop pop bottles and bottles and bottles and bottles and bottles my pop bottles and bottles yeah yeah we pushing full throttle got got you wrapped around my waist like you was eating McDonald's Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 299 with a review of 22 Jump Street. I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Cars Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are talking about 22 Jump Street, the sequel to 21 Jump Street, the remake of 21 Jump Street. And uh, we're here to talk about the sa- exactly the same shit again <laughs> which yes. is, isn't necessarily my take on the movie but semi-related quote to content in the film yeah uh, that's why we laughed and and, and, and it and is no certainly one else uh, how the movie talks about the movie yes yes <laughs> so it's a pretty uh pretty accurate statement i i yeah i mean there, there's literally a scene where a person is looking into a camera so the person is looking at a screen and the person on the screen is looking into the camera and making that exact comment so it's we're getting meta on the podcast about the meta-ness of the podcast or mm-hmm. uh, about the movie and yes anyways uh <laughs> there's no resetting in 22 jump street like last no. week so i can't really uh just bail out of that conversation no. <laughs> you're not gonna edit that, edit that out i know i'm not gonna edit that out <laughs> okay uh, there's too many world cup games to watch i don't got time to edit stuff out of a podcast yep yeah you just you just you know throw that shit on and be like it's out <laughs> yeah exactly you know it, it there are a, like usually when we make the joke we're gonna edit that out i actually edit that out <laughs> every other podcast i listen to people are just like oh we'll, we'll edit that out we'll fix that well in i think that that that's i thought yeah, that's that, always that's the joke. supposed to be the joke yeah. yeah it is but i mean like it's it's still that like and sometimes i only edit part of it out so i keep the joke of editing it out but then i don't let people know how much i've edited there, it there out. was mm. a uh when we were all talking about oblivion last week i did say the uh the 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 Sally quote, it just and no one heard it, and I was like, I want to see if Chris heard it later on, and it wasn't there. <laughs> so I was like, at least someone heard it. Well, the problem was that like it was it, like, it, over it, like two line, two other dialogue. Yeah, so like we were both talking, and you said the line, <laughs> so it wouldn't have made sense for me to bleep just the curse word that was dropped, but like have two other conversations. It was it was very complicated. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I'll edit something out and then realize that we start referencing it later and then I just like You're hang like, ah. myself and I get freaked out because I just like realized that I broke something that was set up later down the road and yeah. Now the continuity is all wrong. Yep. Editing <laughs> is all fun. So anyways, how, how are you doing tonight, Carson? F you fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm sleepy. I don't know how to, I never know how to sit in this chair. It's well, you know, you can you can lean back and you can pull the mic towards you. That, yeah, that's charming. Yeah, Chris like has Jabba this little has this back. little like half sphere chair that is clearly not shaped for humans to sit in. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is, but you have to sit in it like a cat. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I I don't have uh, the nimbleness of a cat. <laughs> the nimbility. Sure, nimbility. Yeah, my nimbility cord is uh, off. <laughs> well, how, how are you doing tonight, Stephen? I'm doing pretty well. I always like it when we can record at night much more awake than I am in the morning. <laughs> so yeah. I should be talking twice as fast with twice the intensity now. Very nice. But but did you, do you really get the time to take an extra 15 minutes to grind up your espresso or anything like that if we do it at night? No, unfortunately. So I don't have espresso in my hand now. 
Uh, I did drink a cup of coffee about a half hour ago, though, so should still be pretty good. All right. Well, very nice. I have not had any coffee, um, but, you know, I, I, think, I think I'm up for the challenge of this Sans coffee, so. You know who did have coffee, though? Ice Cube. That's right. He, movie. he had an espresso machine. <laughs> he did. He had an espresso machine. He also had $500 shoes that that's we couldn't what, see. That's what, that's what they call a tie-in. <laughs> All right. Well... What do you say, guys? Uh, we get started by taking a listen to the trailer for 22 Jump Street and then uh, getting in and letting everybody know what we thought. Yep. Well, I hoped never to see you again. What's up, dog? We're back. Ladies, nobody cared about the Jump Street reboot, but you got lucky. So now this department has invested a lot of money to make sure Jump Street keeps going. The only problem is the Koreans bought the church back, so we're moving you across the road to 22 Jump Street. You two sons of bitches are going to college. Oh, so tight! Go around to classes and activities, ask around about the drug, find out who the dealer is. If you don't have to do this, man, I just don't want you getting hurt. I'm not gonna get hurt. Oh, it broke my ass. White boy wasted. It's inking in my mouth! We're like a power couple. We're like Rihanna and Chris Brown. You're a good dancer. Sometimes you're meaner than I'd like you to be. Drunk stagger, drunk swagger. I don't rap, girl. It don't matter. We jump street, and we're about to jump in your ass. Mm-hmm. Right in the crack. We need an expert to consult. Listen, Mr. Walters, I should apologize for shooting my penis off. But don't sweat it. They gave me a vagina. Hey, guess what? I'm Eric's bitch. Uh, no, you're not. Yes, I am! You own this ass! Oh, my God. Hey, Eric. All right, we are back, and you just listened to the trailer for 22 Jump Street. As we said at the beginning of the episode, it's obviously the sequel to 21 Jump Street. Uh, in that, a bunch of, or a couple of police officers went undercover and posed as high school students. Well, now there are more drugs on the loose, and they have to be back at, back at it once again. But this time, they're posing as college students. So the same crazy duo of people who probably shouldn't be cops, but are, are going back and pretending to be college students to you know, seek out and find this drug ring. Carson, what did you think of this film? This a wacky story again. So are you saying you did not like this movie? Uh, yeah, no laughs. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, it really is, uh, it really is enviable to be the two guys who made the best animated film of the year and also the best sequel of the year so f you lord and miller i just you know (laughs) (laughs) why why are you so good i i don't i i bow down to the greatness of these two guys because i I mean i was really trying to i was trying to legitimately think hard of what is a like what 
comedy sequel is good. Um, and there, I, I feel like there are very few, and especially in the last like twenty five years, like what you know. I was actually been- just listening to a podcast where uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are asked this question. Like, can you name any good comedy sequels? <laughs> it's it's hard. I, it, I feel it, like, it was not easy to do. <laughs> I feel like Gremlins Two uh, was uh, a a solid comedy sequel, and and very much akin to this film because they took the uh, the whole meta route uh, with that movie. Yeah, and that I think was that, the one where they had Leonard Malton actually yes, be reviewing it. Right? He was reviewing Gremlins Two during the movie, and then like <laughs> the Gremlins attack him. Um, but yeah, like I, I feel like this film has the self-awareness uh <laughs> whoa we just got mood lighting in here um just, there's a fan on and i just realized that so i shut it off <laughs> happens to be attached to the lights anyways so 22 jump street i'm missing you at all uh that was my beautiful singing voice um yeah so 22 jump street um possibly the best comedy sequel ever made uh, maybe i don't know but it's definitely up there and uh, it's hard to think of another comedy sequel that is on par with the original or could potentially, upon repeat viewing, uh, become better than the original. I-, I feel like, you know, as of right now, I I would say that the first one is still better, but I could easily see myself watching this movie um, again and, and over multiple viewings, uh, you know, liking it more more so. But uh, I think really the only way to approach these kind of comedy sequels is to have that self-awareness because um, while it wasn't a flat-out disaster, but the thing that like uh, the thing that made Anchorman 2 not all that hot was that it really did feel like they were trying to recapture the magic at every moment. They really, you know, everything felt so forced um, or a lot of it felt forced. It didn't have that natural feeling that the first movie did. And um, I think going in with the, you know, with the plan of like, it's going to be, you know, topping the original. I don't know. I I feel like that lack of self-awareness is what almost kills, is what kills these movies like almost every time. But the fact that they went in knowing that a, no one was excited to see a 21 jump street uh, remake uh, you know, when the first one came out and then B, most people know that comedy sequels suck. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so I think going with that in mind and, and really playing with those tropes and, 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 uh, being completely, uh, meta about it was the, was the absolute right way to go. And there's a lot of like really clever stuff in it. Basically the whole first 10 minutes, I mean, was just, pointing out how just sequels do the exact same thing over and over. And uh, all of it is just dead on hilarious. And you keep waiting for the movie to falter, but it really never does. Like it, it continuously is funny and entertaining. And it really, you know, does what any good sequel should do in that it expands upon what made the first movie so great uh, it puts it on a bigger canvas and gives you, you know, what you loved about the first movie as well as a lot of new stuff. So I just think that uh, it's definitely 
probably the best it'll end up being the best comedy of the year like i said so congratulations phil lord and chris miller they have the best animated film of the year and the best comedy comedy sequel possibly ever so i don't know what what do you think steven <laughs> do you agree that this could be the, the the best comedy sequel of all time possibly the problem is i can't think of any comedy sequels right, um, right. like you can't think for- of any good ones like like the hangover and nobody thought that was good yeah um, obviously you haven't seen the matrix revolutions <laughs> no i haven't um it's yeah, kind of i mean funny. i I'm, I'm gonna avoid the hyperbole of best x ever only because i can't think of enough sequels i assume the like the vacation movies and stuff like that that's true there's some probably there's... are pretty solid those are solid uh bill and ted's bogus journey i don't that's, know maybe that's it's a solid just, one uh sentimental for me uh but uh, yeah in general it is hard to think of a good comedy sequel mainly because as this movie makes very explicit the build-up is so high uh i mean a comedy like 21 jump street worked because it was a sleeper hit kind of it was a uh i mean it was big budget but still nobody thought it was going to be good right and going in and seeing all this ridiculousness without expecting it is kind of a big source of comedy for the movie. And once everyone knows what the tone is going to be, you're either going to stick with that tone again, in which case it's not that funny because you expected it already, or you're going to break the tone and then everyone's going to be pissed off because you didn't, you didn't give them what they wanted about the movie. Yeah. Uh, so it's a difficult bind to put people in. Um, and this movie chose a very you know, clever route around that by being a meta commentary on movie tropes and how bad sequels are. Uh, So every sort of, every time where you could feel them being painted into a corner of how do we write this? How do we make a good movie? They would just explicitly talk about that in this movie. Uh, I mean, it was self-referential to a ridiculous extreme, like clearly jokes about the budget of the movie, jokes about how <laughs> how hard it's going to be to redo it, how formulaic the plot was going to be. Look, this is exactly like the other movie. This is exactly like the other movie. Yeah. Jokes about the actors, of course. Ice Cube's wife is straight out of Compton. Uh, <laughs> how Jonah even Hill to the point the... that uh, Channing Tatum was a Secret Service agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, dancing. I, I don't know. There, there was all sorts of stuff. There was, e- there was even one that... I probably can't talk about it on the podcast, but if it was meant to be self-referential, they must have cut it like a week ago, basically, re- involving Jonah Hill and a certain thing that happened to him recently. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it was intentional, but it just, it blew my mind how... I think that was pure coincidence. Life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it probably was. But all, yeah. <laughs> um, any, anyway, so when I saw the trailer for this, I I have enough faith in... Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, but and honestly, the writers like they they didn't write it right. It was Jonah Hill and the yeah. guy that did Scott Pilgrim. Uh, um, yeah, Michael Bacall who wrote yeah. Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, but I had enough faith in the confidence of the first movie to know like this wouldn't be a train wreck no matter what. But given that, just watching the trailer, I wasn't that stoked for the movie. Like I like the self referential things, but almost all of the stuff it showed, the gags with like the octopus or something like that. Yeah were not quite rubbing me the right way yeah and fortunately almost everything they gave away is in the first like 10 minutes of yeah not what the movie is but what you were going to be afraid the movie would be <laughs> yeah yeah um, they, they kind of get that out of the way right at the yeah. beginning so that way you're not like oh that was ruined for me that was ruined for me 
Yeah, and then there's just a big sigh of relief where the rest of the movie is just like joke after joke after joke. I mean, so many funny people were in this movie. It, there's a lot of good cameos. Pretty pretty much anyone who's done a cameo on Parks and Rec is in this movie. <laughs> um, like every every minor character is just quick witted and funny. There's not every joke even lands, but it doesn't matter. Like there's so many of them, and it's so self aware that. You know, two out of three jokes couldn't land and you would still be laughing every 20 seconds. Yeah. Um, like, I didn't quite love every character, namely some of the villains in it, but it didn't even detract from the movie for me. Yeah. Um, and you would think the whole bromance thing would have been mined, like that well would be dry by now. But the, the bromance between... Uh, uh, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum and the way they show this in the context of like scenes that mimic other romantic comedies and <laughs> certain sounds <laughs> while he's watching a video and uh, the therapy scene with Mark Evan Jackson like 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 there's just so many things in this movie that yeah even if on the nose I would think oh that's kind of you know predictable in, in the moment I'm just laughing my ass off I mean it, it, it's a seriously funny script um I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what else to say about it. It it was always funny. So much clever cleverness. The the tattoo reveals and the, the jokes about smashing stuff and anytime Ice Cube refers to their new the new digs and <laughs> Yeah, I I love I love this kind of self referential thing. I like anything self referential, I would call it community esque in the way that it's like aware of the movie tropes that it's doing. Yeah, and, well, it's it's not yeah. even it's not even just that it's self aware. It's that it's self aware of the fact that it's being self aware. Yeah. Like at, at one point in the film, there's a big action scene going on, and Jonah Hill's trying to get them to divert course to a cheaper sets <laughs> yeah. as they yeah, move yeah. through, so that way they don't they don't keep running the budget up too high. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and yet the villains want to crash into everything. Yeah, for, like, for like that seemingly that kind no of stuff reason is. Like it, it takes the idea of being fun, like humorously self-referential, to the next uh, state. Which yeah, is and there's awesome. a risk occasionally in. I mean, p- part of the movie is emphasizing that it's following a formula and repeating things that happened before, and there could be a risk of that being stale or repetitive, like like the Family Guy jokes that just keep going and going and going. Yeah, but it, it just made so confidently and with such like a sharp wit to it that it never drags its feet the way that it potentially could have yeah yeah I'd, i mean i i can't speak for every viewer but i don't remember a period of more than like two minutes where i wasn't cracking up at something i i think you should just speak for every viewer yeah yes. i speak for every viewer <laughs> except that's what we all do 18 percent of rotten tomatoes <laughs> <laughs> well i think uh, yeah i think i'm with everyone here when i say f that Fifteen yes. percent or whatever. Percent yeah, who who sat here and went like, mm, not funny. Yeah, <laughs> so, I don't know. Throw it, throw it to you, Chris. What did you think of this movie? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I love this film. Also, also, like, kind of just, I I I kind of on on paper, I don't understand why this film worked. Like, it should not have worked. I mean, let's take at three. Uh, let's just take three semi recent um comedies or comedies that we've talked about on this podcast in the last however long it's been. So let's look at uh, the Muppet sequel. We'll look at The Hangover 2. And uh, we'll look at Neighbors. 
Okay, so Stephen, you were talking about how like this thing is just rapid fire, like every single two seconds, it's joke after joke after joke after joke after joke. And, you know, Neighbors was set up the same way. And while some of it was funny, it's clear that like they wrote the jokes first and sort of weaved the story around mm-hmm. it. And that's sort of why it doesn't succeed. This yeah. one has like four times as many jokes per second as that film did. But the jokes are always in line with the story furthering the story or calling back to the story in a way that makes it so it's not just like oh here was a moment where like somebody was holding a hammer so they were able to make a nailed you joke like it it, it's it feels like the jokes are actually a seamless uh transition from moment to moment and not just like part of part of that is it doesn't have that like loosely scripted apatow feel yeah yeah Uh, yeah, it feels very and the few moments in this movie where it did like where characters are riffing back and forth for a while were some of the ones that didn't land to me much but there's so few compared to the like sharp tightly written thing that yeah it it doesn't feel like just an excuse to make a joke yeah and even some of the times where it does too it's it's while a scene is transitioning like characters are walking off screen or to the next room and like a line will come from jonah hill that could have been adr'd or something where, where it doesn't feel like this is like okay we're gonna lock off the camera now start riffing it felt like oh, somebody had something that was kind of funny, so we'll just throw it in in between things just in case somebody enjoys that. Uh, so that that I appreciate it. And like the the self-referen- self-referential humor is too strong for any of that to like have been totally riffing. Like it's it's too on point and it's too um, it's too thought out to feel like so even if it is riffing, it definitely feels like it was intentional in a way that's not just like, oh, I thought of this four, like four seconds ago. It's like, no, dude, this is this is gonna be good right here. Let me say this thing. Um, I mean, dude, <laughs> well, guys... they, I mean, it, they we they even made fun of the fact that it's just like, oh, like how Channing Tatum can't improvise. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like it's better if we write it down and then say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's, it's it's, right it's, it's almost like they were just like commenting on all and and like you know how you said. Steven said like some of the. I can only imagine what you're referring to was the the uptight roommate. And how a lot yeah. of her lines felt like she was just like Linorama, like okay, yeah, 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 say however many funny ways you can say that he's old, you know. Yeah, Although yeah. a lot of those I still found very funny. <laughs> Some of them. <laughs> I, I, I thought the fact that they just like kept they kept it up and kept going with it. I was like, how many different ways is she gonna insult him yeah, that he yeah. looks yeah, old? Yeah, it, it, it was okay, but it that was one of the few times where it did feel a little overwrought, kind of. Uh, but but again, she's so not integral. It, it's not like it hurts it even. It yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. happening so quickly. And the it's a movie that's so meta. It's almost like cheating. Like it's so <laughs> self aware that even if it has moments that don't work, you can kind of just attribute it to this. Like oh well, it's making fun of itself. It's laughing at its own uh, its own ability to keep driving and driving a dumb joke. Yeah, and I, and even even whether it was purposeful or not we or me for for myself as an audience watcher i was responding to her the same way jonah hill was with like sort of confused bewilderment like i didn't like what what the hell is she like what is going like why is she here why is she talking and she's sort like she she she's just creepy in this weird off-putting way so like for me for her jokes to not be funny it's I'm I'm just as un- uncomfortable as Jonah Hill is, so I don't feel like well that chick's just not good in this film because I'm I'm more like responding the way the character is supposed to, so it even works in its non-workiness if that makes mm-hmm. sense. 
So, uh, anyways, going on to Hangover 2 comparison, uh, in that film, why it wasn't funny is because they literally just tried the same shit over <laughs> again. Copied. Like, the story is literally the exact same to the reveals of where the missing person actually is yeah. and where they arrive at that conclusion is like, well, we've been doing this for about an hour and 20 minutes. Let's remember where he is now. Oh, we remember where he is. <laughs> right um, down to them looking at the, the camera yeah, at the end. Yeah, so it was literally <laughs> the exact same formula. And as Carson said, the fact that they kind of call attention to that uh, is... I, I guess what just allows them to like it it becomes rather than like you're, you're just doing this shit again it's like it's like yeah that's funny you're doing the same shit again but then on top of that they like flip it around by like they they either do something different and then comment on how it didn't work and like well maybe it would work if we did the same thing and then they try to do the same thing or they do the same thing and if it's not working then they comment on the fact that they're doing the same thing again and then they try to mix it up yeah so it's they like, have yeah. to they say like we have to do it differently yeah. Because not doing it the same way doesn't always work. Yeah. So, yeah. so like they're, they're constantly, um, they're, they're, I don't know, they just, the way they play with the fact that it doesn't feel like somebody was like, oh, people like this. Okay. Do that again. People like this. Now do that again. They're coming up with creative ways to do the same thing. It's not just like try to do what made people laugh. It's more about try to do what somebody who had done something like this would do again given a similar circumstance yeah Uh, and i think for for all we're talking about it following the same formula and it does in the sense of particular plot points that they acknowledge are following the same formula i definitely wouldn't say this movie felt too much like the last one yeah i I mean it definitely had its own vibe to it And, and even when it had similar things happen it it was at least inverting the dynamic a little bit like in hopefully it isn't spoiling too much to say that in the last one like one of the clever observations was that the jock who used to be the cool guy on in high school is now not the cool guy it's like like nerdy hipster jonah hill is the cool guy in high school and that was like a clever inversion of the expected uh, trope yeah and then this one it kind of flips it back the other way. Like in college now, the hipster D bag like can find friends that he's hanging out with, but it's so much less fun and genuine than the guys that aren't trying to prove anything to each other. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I thought even even when it had parallels, it had a like fresh angle to to spin on it. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, which overall makes it its own unique thing, uh, and not you know a carbon copy of of the original. Which is good. I mean, because I mean, a, a good test for any sequel really is to think, you know, okay, if the first movie never existed, would this still be a good movie? Like, would it still be awesome? And I think Twenty Two Jump Street, if this was the first one that came out, it would still it would, be. It would be a little nonsensical. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it would be complete. Sure. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if yeah, the, the level of humor would totally. The level still of work. humor would totally be like, yeah, it's it's hilarious, and and yeah, it, um. But I mean, but I think this is a a completely worthy successor. Like I, I think that you know, like I said, it could very well end up being where I, you know, after multiple viewings, be like, you know what, I kind of think I like the second one more, mm. just for the fact that it's so balls to the wall and it's so meta that they, they you know, they're just going for broke. Yeah, yeah. like like I, I I seriously am the only person in my theater that laughed out loud. When Ice Cube was talking about his five hundred dollars shoes, that, that no one was can hilarious, even see. Because I don't, I don't know if people just didn't 
get <laughs> that in the in the way that I did because I literally like laughed out loud and it was completely dead in the theater. <laughs> um, so now go on because the the one that I'm gonna have more trouble explaining is the last movie you mentioned, the Muppets. The, the Muppets sequel, yeah. So which mo- was it began almost the same with a reference to how sequels never work. Well, that's what uh, I'm saying is, is is that that one starts with a song. That says like, hey, we're you know the song is literally called "We're Making a Sequel." Like that's the name of the song, and the the chorus of the song is "We're Doing a Sequel." That's what we do in Hollywood. And all sorts of stupid stuff. And then they, there's that line in the song where they say, "And everybody knows that the sequel's never quite as good." But then they go ahead and make a film that's not as good as the first one. Like, yeah. so they start with referencing the fact that like, hey, you're probably not gonna like this one that much, and then they proceed to deliver a film that you don't like that much. Uh, mm-hmm. But with this like the entire time along they are referencing that and and instead of just going ahead and giving you like a a film where they're trying a lot less hard because they're just gonna like rest on the fact that you um you know love the characters and you love the first film they go ahead and try to you know they try to up the ante they try to deliver a story that while hitting beats of the same film is actually its own unique story with its own arcs for the characters and they actually try to make they basically they they make a film that can work plot wise without the first film yet the jokes pay off the fact that the first one exists so it's like mm-hmm. they split the comedy and the story um and the comedy rely continues to play off the idea that it's being repeated um, while the story itself is its own story with its own stakes, uh, that, um, and, and its own, like, obviously, you know, they're, since they're in college now, they can get away with being these, uh, students. So it's less unbelievable that these people are supposed to be high school students because they're college age yet. They're, they're still continuing the joke with their, like the age difference being there. But for the most part, like they fit in, in that area and there's nothing creepy about their interactions with other, other people because they're more closely related to the same age. I don't don't know. It's just, they, they do the story on their own um, without having to rely on the fact that the previous one existed, but they feed in the previous one's existence uh, to, elevate the humor in the film i don't know i started a tangent there for a second and i tried to bring it back anyways i, I think you've succeeded okay you guys go <laughs> i i don't know what else to say other than i as in the first movie very much enjoyed ice cube's character and was glad that he got some more things to do in this film yeah I, so I, spring break yourself i i think it was great to incorporate him as and, as much more as they and did, and how he's yeah. incorporated, I think, is very funny. And and yeah. also that is a his incorporation into the into the story, and you know, in relation to Jonah Hill's character, that's another like very played out trope that I think that they they you know put their twist on it, which I thought was funny. Yes, yes. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, so one thing we didn't touch on that we usually do at the beginning of an episode like this is say our feelings on the first movie. I I guess it's just a given that we all thought the first movie was hilarious. Yes. Um, I think think we've been pretty vocal about loving that film. And and also, I was negatively interested in seeing that first film. Oh, for sure. I, I, do we, 
did we do a review of the first one? We did because okay. I, I I remember I saw it at a screening and I was just like, well, I was talking it up big. I was like, we got to review Twenty One Jump Street, and you're like, oh, Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, what, what was it coming out against? Because I I feel like I don't we think almost it was coming out. I don't know. I feel like we almost didn't do a review, and then you talked me into it. Yeah, I was like, I, you got to see this movie, and I came out just like, oh, I'm so glad you're that like, I didn't oh, skip C. it. Tates is my favorite actor now. <laughs> Which is funny, too, because the, the, the last time that I skipped a movie because I was uninterested in it, it was Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Yeah, I didn't get to see it until way later when it was released on Blu-ray. Um, so I'm glad that I actually was talked into going to see this movie the first time and uh, loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's... I, I could go on and on. Like, like what really elevates this, as much as I love Phil Lord and Chris Miller, like, they're clearly on a winning streak. Uh I still, I think the best part of this movie by far is the screenplay still in how cleverly it ties this plot together yeah. and makes it hit all of these beats in a way. It, it's almost like, uh, I want to call it elegant <laughs> in the way that it managed to take the original premise and be self-referential and still fill in with a story arc that hits all those referential beats. Um yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty impressed. I don't know if it's uh, Jonah Hill or the other dude that's doing the majority of the humor in in these screenplays, but I hope they keep writing them because it, it's seriously impressive. Yeah, but I mean, I think also... there's a red herring in plain view joke that made me laugh so much. <laughs> that was hilarious. That was wonderful. I, th- I thought all of the uh, how all the the schools were named something just completely vague. Like mm-hmm. there was one, it was like the college generals, and obviously <laughs> they were at McState. Um, <laughs> and then there were other things like when they had the the car chase that were they were trying to be inexpensive, and they zoomed by the uh, Benjamin Hill Film Studies Hall, which I thought was very funny. And they played <laughs> like the, the the Benny Hill music. It was like a really quick. But yeah, it was it was it was good. Like there's there's all kinds of stuff like that uh, that that were completely tossed away, but they were yeah. really really funny. And I mean, like I said, they're weaving together many different types of comedy because not only is this you know a, a, an action comedy like how the first movie was, but then we also get like a satirization of you know college comedies, and there's also like we mentioned like a legit like romance not romance but there's a you know the the bromance in the film yeah is treated mm-hmm. almost like it is a romantic comedy of sorts well there's they're, they're sort of a bro triangle <laughs> bro triangle exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. like this this would be a plot in in a romantic comedy uh you know yeah and, and, and the thing and is the way the, they treat it is very funny just the notion of a bromance or two dudes appearing to act romantic like it, it isn't quite as funny today as it maybe was 10 years ago yeah. In the like, you know how I know you're gay era of humor. Uh, we're now kind of, we expect a little more, but there's something about their dynamic in particular that is just hilarious to me. I think part of it is Channing Tatum's, um, like the self-importance you want to project onto him, given all of the non-comedic roles he's played before. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever it is, they just mine that for gold in uh, in all of these. Yeah, like the, the riff on romantic comedy is showing them missing each other that whole i ain't missing you at all montage uh too much too much to love in this movie yeah yeah and the and the uh 
the other person in the love triangle who's actually uh, Kurt Russell's son in real life. I, I thought he was actually very funny too. Like he had actually. A... <laughs> I, I to- he totally looked familiar to me. <laughs> and I'm starting to see the resemblance. <laughs> but like he had like a natural presence. I was like, uh, I, I thought it was like their, his rapport with Channing Tatum was was very funny. They're, they're Lambronis. <laughs> <laughs> Lambro, they're Lambros. I mean, I think they just strike. Uh, these movies strike that kind of amazing balance that Pineapple Express did when it first came out of it's a comedy, but it's a genuinely fun action movie Yeah, uh, in its own right. And th- I think this is better. Like, I, th- I think it takes that to even cooler extremes. Oh, well, uh, like the the uh, the credits alone were better. The, oh, the, the end the credits, credits alone yeah, in this were movie so were good. better than most comedies. Yeah. And I will say, and, and the audience won't be able to see this or get this, or Stephen won't even be able to see this from where he is, but most comedies, their ceiling is right here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but 22 Jump Street, you just... It breaks through that, you know. It keeps, breaks, keeps breaking right through, through man. Enough to roll my eyes at, <laughs> at what you're doing. Keeps breaking right through. Uh, good times. No, but they. <laughs> I honestly think the credit sequence is proof to me that if they do keep making sequels, they're gonna keep being good. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. No, I think so. But well, the, even their little nod to a third movie in the beginning was hilarious. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, where you see the, the condo, condos being <laughs> the built. The condos being built. It was like, mm, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I, I will say, though, I mean, it, this is this is a semi-serious question, but with the joke of the credit sequence, um, do you think they've limited themselves? <laughs> I don't think so. possible future franchises. <laughs> I would watch like, all those movies, like, though. No, I'm just saying that, like, whatever 23 Jump Street is, is jokingly <laughs> supposed to be, do you think if they make a 23 Jump Street, I that they have to follow that uh, progression? No, I think they're just going to skip to, like, 99 Jump Street. Yeah, they do. They're going to skip right to 2121 Jump Street where they're in space. Uh. <laughs> I'll also say I, I very much enjoyed Peter Stormare's character, you know, character, mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that he kept referencing that everything was better in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I wish he would have had more to like. I, he was funny, but he wasn't. He didn't have enough time to shine as a really cre. Like, yeah, I wanted him to be more, uh, more like his like, role in uh, uh, beating. Uh, <laughs> Things with a, a wrench to work in Armageddon. No, no, not that. Like his role in the, what was the one with Jim Arterton and Jeremy Renner? Uh, friggin oh, Hansel and Gretel. Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, yeah. I wanted him to be more like his character in there, where he's just like ridiculous, um, and I, he needs to get headbutt by a chick. I mean, <laughs> well, that's... what's funny is that, and I don't know if anyone else picked up on this, but I feel like Twenty Two Jump Street really loves watched and studied bad boys too like because i feel like bad boys 2 is is like the serious version of 22 jump street and the fact that like they basically had the same plot as bad boys 1 but made it michael bay made it so huge and so ridiculous that it's just it's you can't help but be entertained by how awesome it is and the fact that both of the third acts in this film take place in a in like a tropical country and that Peter Stormare is the villain in both films. <laughs> so I'm like, I just feel like that there were so many nods to that movie. Um, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I got that feeling. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but uh, I don't know. Peter Stormare is always welcome to play characters in films. Yeah. Especially when they're sleazy, ridiculous dudes. 
mm-hmm. like in Bad Boys Two. Yeah, or any uh, Coen Brothers movie. The, exactly. Yes, but uh, yeah, I, I did like how almost every line of his was like, Ugh, "Kids these days, why can't you sell drugs <laughs> yeah, like cocaine and heroin <laughs> <laughs> like in the nineties? Uh, good times. All right. Well, does anybody have any final comments about this film? Final comment. Uh, completely not important. But I did also find it funny how many accidentally poor taste pop culture references made it into this movie. I mean, there's a joke about Tracy Morgan, <laughs> Maya Angelou, and a it's certain just, word that really Jonah Hill recently... timing, Especially with the whole uh, homophobic thing, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, but I mean, that that was pretty cleverly done in the film. Mm-hmm. But it just yeah, unfortunately no, it was, had bad it was, timing. It was so well done, I'm sad to realize that it's impossible that they intentionally did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they would have to be South Park creator levels of, they're, they're of the moment in order to do that. <laughs> they're editing the film, like, the night before. Yeah, or, recutting un- it. Unless it was some sort of, like, pre-planned, like, I'm still here <laughs> kind of, like, documentary yeah, thing. Yeah, Jonah Hill did that for <laughs> like publicity. James Franco hitting on the underage girl yeah. in preparation for Palo Alto. Clearly. Yeah. So what you're saying is they they killed Maya Angelou for this for the publicity. Yes. Yeah, I think they killed Maya Angelou. <laughs> yeah, they for murdered this movie. her. But the movie killed me. Oh, with laughter. Yes. <laughs> Did you, you know what? Rob hurts. That's um, Carson's being attacked by a I'm bug being in the attacked studio. By bugs over here. That's all good though. Um. <laughs> That made me think of the scene where they're bugging the the frat house <laughs> with like nine hundred thousand bugs. Anyway, they got, they got bugging, Wi-Fi all over campus. They're bugging you know? out simultaneously. They got so Wi-Fi all over campus. True, that's true. Good one, Stephen. <laughs> all right. Well, I think it's about that time in the episode where we get to our verdicts. So I'm pretty sure that if you're listening right now, you have a good idea of uh, what we're gonna say about whether or not we recommend this film. So, Carson. If you're going to give this a must-see, a reckon with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I would definitely give it a must-see. I don't think there is any other need for explanation. Other <laughs> right. than it's probably one of my favorite movies of the year. So, <laughs> Other than the explanation you're about to give to Yes, it. <laughs> other than this explanation of the explanation I said I wasn't going to give, <laughs> here is some more explanation. Um, Steven. Yeah, I mean, this is where I break the rating system. Because with any comedy like this, I do have an implicit caveat that, like, I certainly know people who would not enjoy the raunchiness of it, though it doesn't really bask in raunchiness. It's actually pretty, maybe I'm just a desensitized shell of a person, but I thought it was pretty tame. Yeah, Um, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, there are swear words and there are references to bugs landing on my face. (laughs) Uh, Excuse me. Uh, there, there, there are definitely re- references to acts that are less than uh, clean. They're crude, but, but uh, like but, anything with Rob Riggle, for instance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of forgot that scene. But, but yeah, it's really not. It's not raunch in the way that like like an Apatow movie is raunch. Uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, there's always that implicit caveat that I don't actually recommend it to everyone. You probably know who you are if you know that you wouldn't like this. Yeah. If you are not that kind of person, must see. If and you are the I uptight give this roommate. A must see. Like, so forget the word caveat. Yeah, you're probably a commie <laughs> pinko, though, so don't yeah, yeah, worry about totally giving, giving your money the to the American economy anyways. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm going to give this a must see also. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost not even tempted to back up uh steven's caveat just because i think that like 
it, it it's it's clean enough that I think you can. Uh, there might be some points where you're like, oh, I have never, uh, but they'll pass quick enough that you can start laughing again. And, mm-hmm. you know, it might help desensitize you enough to watch one of those other movies. Yeah, exactly. It'll be good for you. Yeah, It'll be it's a learning, learning experience. experience, obviously. Although, dude, there was a there was an old guy sitting in the row, uh, same row as me, and he was loving the crap out of this movie. Like, he really laughed hard when... Uh, Channing Tatum had the line where he said in the improv place, and they're like, "Oh, we need a, we need a something to eat," and he's like, "Tampon." <laughs> this guy's literally like clapping and like slapping his knee, like that's how hard he was laughing. So that guy might have been a Lambro, also. <laughs> I think he was, dude. So, uh, yeah. For, it, for the record, my rating is not recommend with a caveat at all. Uh, yeah, <laughs> good. I'm only saying this is a a failure of the rating names is that it can't be the maximal rating while still having a caveat. True. <laughs> but we're all desensitized to these things. No, At we're least all I terrible am. people. At least I am. Like, I, I I, I, hear curse words in films now, and I feel like it's white noise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh... <laughs> you say curse words in this podcast, and you think it's white noise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forget I say them, and then, uh... I remember what I'm editing through. Yeah, the, the, well, my, you know. My fear is that the one day I don't catch one, I, is the day that like somebody's gonna like flag us on <laughs> iTunes and we're gonna get dropped? I, I think for, there was like, one that's, then... there, there's been a couple that have slipped through the censors of the spoiler warning. So well, so there there are words that I, I believe require an explicit tag, and then there are words that you can be said on television. So I let go. Um, well, I, I I feel like this is a like an FX style podcast where yeah you know, yeah yeah. And there was one occasionally, time. Occasionally, <laughs> there's an episode of FXX. No, is, yes. no, but occasionally there's an episode of Louie where an F bomb goes uncensored. But anytime else, it's usually uh, there, there was also, usually bleeped. There was also that one episode where the soundtrack included rap music, <laughs> and I just threw it in there, not listening to the entire song. Project X. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there might have been some more. The, the song I used may have been explicit, and though the podcast remained not explicit, and that one I actually. Uh, f- flagged it and republished the episode with the correct explicit tag. So, um, so th- it, it was caught. It was caught. But I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, let's we'll just say we're we're rated T for teen. <laughs> <laughs> if and you're it, under thirteen, you need a parent to yeah, sit you need here a parent listen to listen to it. Yeah. yeah, this isn't K through A. Okay, just hopefully your parent isn't Dashbud. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. So. You already forget Dashbug? Oh, the bane of our existence. Uh, or maybe I, it was just me and Chris talking about him alone. Yeah, in, I think, I think Carson was not on I that I don't think episode. I was here. I don't remember a Dashbug. He, he, he was he was an, uh, an iTunes commenter who was not so enthusiastic <laughs> oh, about our... Oh, uh, now that you say that, I, I do know, yeah. Yeah, but anyways, before yeah. we lose more listeners, <laughs> yep. uh, let's go ahead and just uh, let everybody know where they can find us. So, Carson, if people want to stalk you, where can they do that? Um... You can go to uh, Practical Candy. I almost forgot for a second. PracticalCandy.wordpress.com. Uh, I don't know if uh, uh, you can direct link to Fuse, but I'm <laughs> I'm all in that. Uh, Krishnazy is the uh, the uh, he's the uh, the 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 my the maestro of Fuse. So um, he's the Fuse master. So you can uh, if you're if you get a, a Fuse app, which you should. <laughs> um, you'll see a lot of posts by Christopher Schnazy. For the record, I did not make anyone do this <laughs> because he is pimping the shit out of it. As I mean, I'm glad someone's doing it. 
<laughs> but I can't. I don't have the time to think of all all these creative things. <laughs> Nobody understands why it's so hilarious. <laughs> oh, so fuse.com slash Carson Patrick. I don't know. Actually, I think it's fyu.se. Fyu.se. No feed on the browser yet, but working on it. Okay. Yeah. It's coming soon, but you get the app and I'll push it soon. Yeah, um, you can follow me and Chris and Steven because <laughs> Steven is a lot smarter than us and uh, he invented it. So, um, yeah, oh, this is good. This is good stuff. <laughs> We're going to keep all this in. Oh, no, no, totally. I, no, we yeah. should keep all this in. Yeah, if, I'm, if I'm the master, then there's a Mickey Mouse <laughs> well, yes. hat wearing guy. Dude, like, that's why I'm waving his hands in the air. I was like, I know there's another. Me. Yeah, I know there's another word for master. Oh, my maestro. I can't speak anyway steven <laughs> if people want to find me they can go to aforementioned app too uh, <laughs> or they can go to twitter.com slash s david miller facebook.com slash s david miller or s david miller.com though i might be moving to the bigger condominium across the street oh. so like you know the new address oh if you see happens. i'm see so i'm not on social media anymore i have to to let the people no, know because yeah. they're so clamoring fuse, they're so clamoring know to know i'm following you if you get fuse <laughs> <laughs> exactly everyone everyone who has a fuse will follow you yeah yes. everyone who is what frozen <laughs> <laughs> they're a welcoming fuse family <laughs> so people... if you don't have fuse just go fuse yourself i mean that's yeah. really <laughs> fuse yourself in the moment it's a bottom yeah, line yeah I fuse myself now, but the <laughs> lights are off, and I don't think it works. Well yeah, we have the lights ones. off, and the st- Chris decided to do this in the dark. God, because <laughs> you know why not? So, if people want to find me, they can find me at ChristopherMillerLife.com or Twitter.com/slash ChristopherIRL. Uh, you can also, you know, download the Fuse app and uh, <laughs> look in the popular section. You might find Chris is featured on every single Fuse that he does. I was I don't even know how you get featured. I was just like, guys, I got featured. And Chris is like, I was already featured five times. Get out of here, you noob. Uh, nobody's gonna think this is funny. Oh my god. I was like, my Dinobot got featured. You're like, well, it was featured a long time ago, sir. <laughs> I'm featured every post. In all seriousness, though, I mean, like, if you just search the iOS store. Seriously, though, I'm not kidding. Even though I've been joking, uh, Fuse is a great app. It's nice that we're getting all self-referential when speaking (laughs) about 22 Jumpstreet. I actually, I very much enjoy the Fuse app, and I will continue to use it. You know what's even better is that on an episode about a self-referential film, we are being self-referential about ourselves. Exactly. referencing a commenter named Ashwood who doesn't like that we love ourselves so much. Yeah, we're we're just the dudes in the back or whatever. Oh, God. Good episode. It's getting getting (laughs) maybe Maybe a more... uh, more uh, hectic ending than the 300 <laughs> movie ending, which had been one of my favorites. You gotta so top far. that, man. <laughs> All right. So, um, <clears throat> anyways, if we have not driven you away with our laugh attack and our loving of ourselves, you can yeah, head over. They're to all this. using the app now. 
Yes, totally. <laughs> Go ahead and head over to thespoilerwarning.com where you can get uh, most of the back episodes of the show. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning if you would like to figure out when these episodes go live. You can like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning if you'd like to do the same. Uh, you can get a hold of us directly if you send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or head over to the thespoilerwarning.com page, click contact us, and uh, fill out the little form and send us a little note there. Uh, if by chance you'd also like to speak to us with your actual voice, you can mm. do, do so by sending us a voicemail to our Google Voice account at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to 21, 22 Jump Street. Excuse me. Um, so hopefully you are enjoying that. And uh, the, the score was good in this movie. I yeah, must no, say. It, was, it was a good comedy score. It, it had Everything that... Was good uh, it felt very much like a a Bad Boys or Michael Bay s, you know, with the lots of dramatic uh, actiony music. So n- now that no one is listening anymore, I do have a question. <laughs> I remembered. Yes. <laughs> with, does anyone know what the style of the original Twenty One Jump Street was? It was very like, serious. Okay, it was serious. There was yeah. no humor in it. No, like this. no. I mean, I I'm not a, an expert on the show, but I I did. Uh, uh, like before the uh, first movie came out, I watched like a couple episodes, like the pilot and stuff. And no, it's a, it's a serious, completely serious show. Hmm. It, it, I, yeah. No, I, I was gonna say like I guess Johnny Depp like really wanted to do things with his character that were kind of humorous, but the producers told him no. And like one thing was he wanted his character to be eating peanut butter for some reason. And in 21 Jump Street, the movie, um, spoilers, but it's out already. Uh, but, you know, when Johnny Depp makes his cameo as Officer Tom Hansen, if you go back and watch it when he's in hobo mode, he's eating peanut butter, like, throughout the, the whole movie. So, like, that was kind of like they finally allowed him to eat his peanut butter because <laughs> the producers on the show wouldn't allow it. I will say, too, uh, I just recently or semi-recently watched it with my roommates and uh, going back and watching it again, you know, like, there's the big, as you just referenced, there's the big reveal of the fact that Johnny Depp is, you know, has been a character in the film. And I didn't even catch it the first time I watched it, obviously, because I wasn't expecting it. But the first time you see that little biker gang, um, there's a moment where they're like, what are you guys, or like, what are you guys, cops? And he he has a line where he goes, if those guys are cops, I'm DEA. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty <laughs> hilarious because, like, at the time, I totally did not recognize that as him with a fake nose. Um, so once it kind of shows up as his little cameo role, then watching it backwards, I'm like, oh, that's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. So, anyways. So, <laughs> John, so years later, Johnny Depp finally got to play Officer Tom Hansen in a more comedic way. He got his wish. So real fast, before we say goodbye to everybody, uh, just let you guys know, we will be recording a review of How to Train Your Dragon 2 um, due to some scheduling stuff and you know the fact that we had to see lots of movies. Um, we are just pushing that back a little bit. There's not a lot coming out next week also, so it makes it very convenient for us to be able to take some time to record that later in the week. Um, but we will have that out for you probably closer to next weekend. But... Hopefully you will be joining us for that. So I don't know. And it's I... partly my fault. Instead of seeing a movie with childlike wonder about the world, <laughs> I'm about to go see a comedy about abortion. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not gonna catch twenty or How to Train Your Dragon for a little while longer. That's right. We'll we'll let you live with that guilt for the rest of your life. I mean, always choose abortion over childlike mm-hmm. wonder. I mean, yeah, always. I that's... think that's a uh, an ancient 
proverb. Yeah, coincidentally enough, that's one of the themes in How to Train Your Dragon 2. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, the dragon abortion scene was was pretty gnarly. Yeah, it sort of ruined all the childlike wonderment. <laughs> it was like, the whoa, film. DreamWorks getting ballsier. Yeah, I think. Uh, other interesting observation, by the way, uh, that I heard in the podcast that Phil. <laughs> this podcast? <laughs> no, 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 that Phil Lord and Chris Miller oh. were, were on. Brie Larson. 21 Jump Street was one of her big debuts. That's right. And then yeah. her big star turning role was Short Term 12, Palindrome 12 Whoa. and 21. Whoa. So weird. Think about that for a while. I'm I'm gonna think about that later. Do you think 23 <laughs> Jump Street will have Jim Carrey in it? You know what? You know what <laughs> yes. Brie Larson did? She literally took 21 and fused it into 12. <laughs> she just like whoosh, switched it around. Yeah. Is that how you think of backwards two looks? <laughs> Well, maybe it's like on like the teacups at Disneyland. Yeah. So you're rotating around. She got around, creative with it. But they're rotating with you. Yeah. So they spin independently of their focal point between them. Exactly. Right. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> FYU.se. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>